0: You're listening to True Stories Told Live. Welcome to Speakeasy, where our tellers get on stage with their whole, authentic, beautifully human selves and speak their experience. No notes, just the memory of a life lived. On our stage, you'll hear humor, hope, embarrassment, disappointment, grief, lust, anger, love, remembrance, The whole brilliant and nuanced spectrum of what it is to live as individuals in community with others. Here at Speakeasy, our incredibly gracious audience holds all of it, sighing together, laughing together, crying together, and cheering our hearts out together. There's a symbiotic thing we've got going here between our tellers and our listeners where each person creates that sacred space that just unflinchingly holds each other's stories, where we bear bits of our souls and bear witness. Join us the first Thursday of every month in Columbus, Ohio at 7 p.m. where we gather at Wild Goose Creative nestled in amongst the gallery's newest art exhibit. With a simple theme as inspiration, 10 tellers sign up, brave up, step up in front of a microphone, and get honest. What you're about to hear is one of those stories.
1: Hi. So this is my first time, uh, so I'm going to uh, thank <laughs> I, I have to clutch these notes, and I'm going to ask for your mercy. Um, so the story tell- I'm going to tell tonight is a little bit of a creepy crush story, and uh, spoiler alert, I'm the creep in the story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of uh, my very first crush, uh, the story of Scott the Key Man at Kmart. Um, so I'm 14 years old. i um, at my local Kmart on a Saturday morning. My mom asked me to go get keys made while she does something. And um, as I'm going up there, I, I see him. And I stop in my tracks. And he's got this shoulder-length, curly brown hair, these sort of deep, soulful brown eyes, this red vest... Says Scott. And so I had had, like, TV crushes, movie crushes in the past, but this was the first time in my life that someone has actually struck me, stopped me in my tracks. And we all know what that feels like. Um, And sometimes it's that first moment, and sometimes it's a month in, sometimes it's a year in, but it's it's a moment. Um, So I don't think I actually ever said anything to him that first time. I just kind of, like, stared at him uh, awkwardly. Uh, in awe that such beauty could exist in my local Kmart, um, but my my freshly pubertized hormones were raging, and I knew that this was not going to be the last time I saw Scott. Um, so I started going to Kmart every Saturday morning, <laughs> getting keys made, trying out the treadmills, um, and but like I'm a hormonal mess at 14, right? So um, my my entire weekend is like based on whether or not I see Scott on Saturday morning. Um, if I see him, I'm like, my face gets flushed, like, my legs turn to jello, I'm just, um, I'm so excited, happy to be, like, sharing the earth with Scott. Um, but if I don't see him, I'm all, like, doom and gloom, like your classic, like, teenager, like, moping around the house, like, sighing, you know. Um, so my mom threatens, like, stop taking me to Kmart, because I'm too dramatic on the weekends as a result. <laughs> um, so, like, I have to, like, put on a happy face around the house, like, just to get to go. Um, so, if you if you want to picture a 14-year-old me in this scene, um, I ask that you close your eyes for a second, and then open them because I looked exactly like this. <laughs> uh, somehow, at the age of 12, I woke up and I was like in this body. I was I was 5'7", 160. I looked exactly like this, and it's just like stayed. You know, hairstyles change over the years. I've been like up or down 20 pounds, but like this is it. Um, so, so in this story, it's, like, an exceptionally bad short haircut, uh, and a men's flannel, and it's me in 1994. Um, so, (laughs) at some point, uh, it's, like, maybe probably, like, my 20th visit to Kmart at this point. I stop lurking behind the exercise machines, and I approach Scott, and I make, like, this, like, casual conversation. Like, a 14-year-old makes casual conversation. Um, like, so, you work here a lot? And, you know, where do you go to high school? And I find out, like, he's 18, he's a senior. I'm in eighth grade at the time. <laughs> um, so it was also at this point that I learned something important about myself, which is, um, it, it still rings true today, if I have a crush on someone, I cannot control the volume of my voice. Um, so as we're talking, like, he asked me questions back like a normal person. And, like, I either, like, whisper a response to him. Or I yell something, because I can't control it. And uh, so, like, my only saving grace is, like, the loud whir of the key machine in the background of, like, all of our conversations. Um, So once I see him, like, leave work and get into a red Jeep, and then, like, all my fantasies are about, like, us in this red Jeep, right? We're, like, we're cruising, we're driving, we're, like, parking, we're making out. Um, And I'm, like, a pretty innocent 14-year-old, so, like, the making out is a lot of, like, face touching, me like bouncing his curls, um, <laughs> some like kissing, some boob touching, and then it like gets fuzzy, right? Like after the boobs, like, I don't know. I don't know what happens. What do you do next? What does a penis look like? I don't know. It's going to be many, many years until I find out. Um, so the key element of any crush is like this longing, right? Like you want it so bad, and like fourteen is the age when you want everything so bad. Like you want your freedom, you want to be gone from your parents, you want to drive, you want all of this. Um, and, and in my case, there's like wanted this guy to notice me so bad. So like I turn this longing as a nerd, I turn this longing into like strategy. Like what's my strategy with this guy? Um, So when I wasn't, like, watching him in person, like, curls bouncing with every step, and he did this cute thing where, like, he'd have to, like, move his hair out of the way to, like, not get it caught in the key machine. Um, (laughs) So when I wasn't there, I was, like, trying to, like, find everything out I could about him. So this is the days before the internet, right? So I'm at, like, my local library, like, flipping through high school yearbooks, looking in the white pages, Um, this is like, I was like somewhere between this like precocious Nancy Drew and like a younger version of the guy from You. <laughs> uh, so um, my friend's mom worked at Kmart and she was this like great source of knowledge. Um, so she confirmed my like sneaking suspicion that Scott was a nice guy. Um, she told me he liked soccer and camping, both of which I did not like, but I noted. Um, I remember at one point, <laughs> this is so embarrassing, she actually drove us by his house which, like, in retrospect, is so creepy. But I guess she was like, oh, you have a crush on this guy? You found out where he lives? Let's drive by his house. <laughs> it's so weird, but, you know, I'll be honest about that. Um, so I wanted to find out everything I possibly could about him. Um, I felt like if I knew all of his likes and dislikes, um, then I could, like, mold myself into this, like, perfect, irresistible girl. Um, it, it, you know, I could like the same bands, order the same food, laugh at the same jokes, um, because when you're 14, like, you never actually think someone's going to like you for you. Um, so the story does not actually have a great ending. Uh, it does have like, a little fun epilogue. Um, as the months went on, the crush actually just started to fade. Um, nothing really happened. Uh, my family bought a treadmill. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, he, he goes off to college, and I, I happen to catch him on his last day at Kmart, and I like wish him luck. Um, by then, like, the movie Speed had come out, and I had, like, transferred all of my, like, hormones onto Keanu Reeves, yes, yes. Um, who I probably had equally as good a shot of, with, actually. So, <laughs> um, But a few years later, the epilogue, uh, I'm a senior in high school. I'm working at Sam Goody at the mall, uh, what historians like to call a CD store. And... <laughs> Uh, I'm sure at that point I had like crushes on like three of my coworkers, and I'm like one day I'm like bending over behind the counter doing something and it was my turn to play music in the store so I'm playing this like obscure feminist folk singer and um, I'm like down there doing something and I hear this like deep voice come up to the counter and say who's the Dar Williams fan and I'm like like, oh me and I I rise up and I'm like face to face with Scott and he's like his like hair is curlier than ever and now he has a beard (laughs) Um, So we just kind of like look at each other for a second, and he he says, don't I know you? Because remember, I look exactly like this, (laughs) Uh, and I said, oh yeah, didn't you used to work at Kmart? Back in the days where I went to Kmart every Saturday morning, uh, lurk around, exercise equipment. Um, But then we proceeded to have this like nice, normal conversation. Uh, We talked about music. Uh, This time I was the one heading off to college. Um, He had really gotten into fish. And I was like, all right. It never would have worked out. Uh, <laughs> um, so it was nothing, like, magical or dramatic, but, but it was nice. And, like, any relationship, real or imagined, like, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, so wherever you are out there, Scott, uh, thank you for not calling Kmart security on me. <laughs> um, and if you hear this, I am still single. I have matured. And I can get over the whole fish thing. <laughs>